So this is uh, the first day of our retreat. Um, so it's important to um, enter the territory of the uh, practice of meditation with um, gentleness and patience as we make this transition from the busyness and the, tran- the um, changeability of our everyday life. Many of us have gone through um, quite a lot of <coughs> transitions to get here and more recently or in this year. So you know, coming into this mode of the form of uh, the container of the retreat and um, into this gathering in, the limitation, the template, the temple that Kirisaro talked about last night. It's quite a change of gears. Mm. Coming into stillness, inner reflection, silence. (coughs) In some ways it's a relief. (laughs) And in other ways it can have its challenges. So to just be uh, aware that um, as we make the transition, as we move into this retreat mode, to maintain an attitude of uh, gentleness, kindness towards ourselves, our body, our minds, and not to put too much pressure and willfulness and expectation into our experience, but just to allow things to unfold. <coughs> um, as you know, in, a, in, in, in an organic way for, for, for us during this retreat time. It's already enough, really, just to sit and to be within this um, container of the mountain, of the presence of awareness that we are bringing to our experience. However, it's also nice to revisit the instructions of the Buddha that uh, he transmitted and taught his disciples all those years ago, and to look at how they can guide us in our meditation. So many of the territories and teachings and practices we'll touch into will be familiar for all of us. But there's something about just keep returning and revisiting some of the foundational aspects of the training and getting a little bit more mastery with them, a little bit more ease and competence with with the practices. The basic premise, of course, of the Buddha's teaching, the heart of it, and what he emphasized the most in all the schools of Buddhism was the idea of that as uh, coming into incarnation, there is into the limitations of sensory human experience, there is inevitably a certain level of dukkha or struggle, suffering, stress, anxiety, just on uh, just things like the anxiety of the unknown about the future or the changeability of life um, or the stress of um, things that are unresolved, um, that are unclear, um, and then other kinds of more forms of a struggle that that can impact us, sickness. One of our retreatants gone down with a cold already. <laughs> um, 
you know, the limitations of the body um, and the mental afflictions that we can feel and be under the sway of um, existential kinds of anguish and um, just the you know, different kinds of dukkha that we can experience, different kinds of um, even subtle sense of unsatisfactoriness, however good and beautiful and pleasing our life can be, however much many resources we can have, we can still feel this sense of unsatisfactoriness and discontent. So this is part of our daily experience. So the Buddha, the premise of his teaching was to acknowledge and to work Um, consciously with this experience of dukkha and and then to bring about the end of dukkha that there is the possibility his message was there's the possibility of really um, being able to not end the experience of pain but the reactivity to the painful the reactivity to the changing the the ignorance of the mind that demands that life be other than what it can be or ourselves can be other than what we are. So this kind of the dukkha that the Buddha was talking about that he um, encouraged us to practice to bring an end to wasn't so much trying to idealistically avoid difficulties, challenges, pain. This is part and parcel of our life but to actually bring about the ending of the ignorance of the mind, the lack of clarity, the lack of awareness, the lack of wisdom, the lack of insight. So we might want to wish that into being, we might like the ideal of that, but however much we might wish for the end of the experience of dukkha, it really does require uh, a, a kind of particular sort of focus a particular inquiry to bring that about, which we generally call practice, and which the Buddha called the path activity, the activity of path factors that we can begin to actually bring into our moments of our experience. And the path activity in and of itself begins to alleviate and transform and bring about the ending of the experience of, of the unnecessary suffering that we generate from the ignorance of the mind, the lack of clarity of the mind. This is the sort of general template for the whole of the the teaching of awakening that the Buddha laid out. It's not so much we're just doing it from an idealistic place or willful place or even from an egoic place that I am doing this, we're actually applying these factors of the path and we allow the path activity to bring about this transformation of consciousness, of understanding. So this morning we can look at the very, the very foundations of the, of the path, the activity of the path, and begin to explore that and apply that, the practices that the Buddha encouraged at, at the heart or maybe at the foundation practice that he taught many times, the practice he used himself on the night of his awakening, which is the contemplation of the Pali, they call it the anapana, which means the inhalation and the exhalation of the, of, of the breath. I'd like to, um, first of all, refer to 
couple of suttas from the canon where he talks to this practice. We can then begin to explore and um, work our way into some of the detail of the practice, but without, hopefully without getting overly caught up in the detail, <laughs> just to be able to hear it and then not get become too rigid around, around the, you know, there's something about being with the breath that's very simple, very natural, very organic. So what I want to do is go into a little bit of the, of how it was taught, how we can bring a particular kind of attention so we can hear the instruction but without getting hung up on the instruction, without becoming rigid about it, without becoming overly formulaic or technique orientated because that tends to undermine the very simplicity. However, it would be a disservice not to mention some of the detail so that we can have an awareness of how this teaching is laid out. In the, in the laying out of the path activity, the, the fourth noble truth, the movement from the experience of dukkha to the ending of dukkha, the very heart of this path activity is the activity of mindfulness, presence, awareness. This is really the, 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 the core of um, what brings about transformation, bringing awareness and mindfulness. So in the teaching that the Buddha gave about the four foundations of mindfulness, it's called the, the Sati Patana Sutta. Sati meaning mindfulness. Um, mindfulness, we could also say heartfulness, bodyfulness, the mind, the body, the heart, full, with awareness, with presence, inquiry, contemplation, discernment. These, these are all implied in this word Sati. Sometimes it's translated as remembering or bringing back together that which we've forgotten, that which is split apart into a unifi- more unified experience. Awareness is unifying. Sometimes it's translated as that capacity of mind that enables us to remember. So it's not just the act of remembering, but it's that mysterious capacity which enables us to be cognizant to be present. So again, this is another aspect, really, of awareness. So in the four establishments of mindfulness, this is how the sutta opens. Thus I have heard, on one occasion the Blessed One was living in the Kuru country, where there was a town of the Kurus, named Kamasadama. There he addressed the monks thus, Bhikkhus, Venerable Sir, they replied. I would like to say there he addressed the monks and nuns and his lay disciples. The suttas often just have the term the monks, but we can understand in that term that he's talking to the fourfold assembly, monks, nuns and lay practitioners. Venerable Sir, they replied, the Blessed One said this, monks, there is the one way path. This is often the essence of the understanding of the training of mindfulness, the one-way path. It's called the Ekayana in Pali. We've heard of the Tara, the Mahayana, the Hinayana, the Vajrayana. This is the Ekayana. <laughs> and the translation is often given as the, the part, the, you know, the only path or the one-way path. But actually the translation that, that I think is more profound and more subtle and more 
transcendent of the idea of there's only one way and other ways, you know, gets into all those comparisons, um, is the path to one, the path to oneness. So mindfulness is the path that brings about oneness, enlightenment, awakening. So mindfulness is the ekayana, the vehicle for unification, for the purification of beings, for the surmounting of sorrow and lamentation, for the passing away of pain and dejection, for the attainment of the true way, for the realization of Nibbana, namely the four establishments of mindfulness. This is the Ekayana, Marga, the path of the one. What are these four? Here, bhikkhus, or here disciples, a practitioner dwells contemplating the body in the body, ardent, clearly comprehending and mindful, having subdued longing and dejection in regard to the world. He or she dwells contemplating feelings in feelings, ardent, clearly comprehending and mindful, having subdued longing and dejection in regard to the world. He or she dwells contemplating mind in mind, ardent, clearly comprehending and mindful, having subdued longing and dejection in regard to the world. He or she dwells contemplating phenomena in phenomena, ardent, clearly comprehending and mindful, having subdued longing and dejection in regard to the world. So this is the very first premise, template, for the whole of the teaching that then begins, begins to be unpackaged in this sutta, Four Foundations of Mindfulness. And it's very condensed. Each line is a, you know, is a con- you know, within each line there's kind of layers of teaching. So just to read that and then during this, this part of the retreat we'll little by little begin to unpackage um, the levels of meaning and uh, application in the sutta. But beginning with today, we're beginning with this first aspect, this first training, if you like, of the way of the one where we become um, more aware or bring awareness within the body, working with the body and the breath. This is the first foundation, bringing awareness within the body and the breath. It's, it's very simple but very profound. And as I said, it's the very, the very foundation of what the Buddha himself used in, in his own awakening process. And interestingly enough, um, here in the sutta, which takes place in a different context, it takes place in Savati, the Jetavana grove, um, which we can still visit and see the remains of the monastery that was there um, in, uh, in um, Uttar Pradesh in India. Uh, he, the, the Buddha teaches to Ananda and begins to go into more detail about this first foundation of mindfulness, uh, contemplation of the body and the breath. The first thing that's interesting in both the, the, the Satipatthana Sutta and the Anapanasati Sutta, Four Foundations of Mindfulness Sutta and the Mindfulness of Breathing Sutta, Mindfulness of Breath Sutta, the first thing that we find is there's this encouragement. And here we have it again where the Buddha uh, encourages his uh, disciples to go to a forest, to the root of a tree, to an empty hut, sitting down, folding your legs cross-rise, setting the body erect, establishing, a mindful, establishing mindfulness. 
And, and in the um, Satipatthana Sutta, we have this refrain of letting go of, um, what was it, dejection and longing for the world. So here we have the first aspect of the training, which we can begin, even if this today, we begin to just focus a little bit on that, because the mind where it will tend to go in its natural, untrained state, it will go to, to the pathways. It's just where it goes, to, tends to just go along pathways of worry, anxiety, and longing for what's not here, disappoint sometimes in it goes even further in some of the suttas where the Buddha talks about the dis- disappointment for the world, all the things that disappointed us, upset us. Um, it will go to the anxieties about what's to come, the unknown. So these are the natural pathways an untrained mind will go along. Um, like a dog gnawing on a bone. <laughs> it's just where it goes. <laughs> so the first aspect of the training in terms of this path activity and you know, is 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 this very gentle? And I can emphasize again, not not with a willfulness or a heaviness or a judgment about where the mind goes, but it's just with a gentleness, but with application, is training the mind to remove itself from the from the tendency to hang out in those kind of that kind of um, you know, the longings, the dejection, the disappointment, the anxiety, the worries. Um, the uncertainties. And to do this, this is what I think the brilliance of these teachings is, it, you know, we, we can do that in an idealistic way, but the Buddha gives a very, very practical way of doing this by saying, we do this by coming to what's here and now and coming to what we can really tangibly feel that's here and now, which is the body. The body and then within the body, the breath. So one way we can do this is when we find ourselves down one of those pathways, worrying, gnawing on the bone of anxiety, worry, discontent, upset. It's not to just, you know, one can recognize that those areas can have some real important areas of contemplation, but for this particular training, we're learning to strengthen the mind, strengthen our capacity for awareness and groundedness so that when we come back to contemplate those areas, we do so with some strength, with some groundedness, so we're not just getting overwhelmed by anxiety, longing, upset. So one way we can do this is just gently encourage attention. Mindfulness really is about the training of where we place attention We can encourage attention to come to the body, come to the breath, come to what's here. And we can do this by just using a phrase like, you know, come to the body. It's an encouraging phrase, we'll come to the body. Or breathing in, breathing out. Or what's happening now. This is actually, I prefer that one because it's a invitation, it's a question and it invites attention and awareness into relationship to your present moment experience. It's a little less kind of yang than pushing attention, it's a more invitation and the, and the mind tends to respond better to being invited than to being commanded and tyrannized. Although occasionally we might command, you know, sometimes 
you need a little bit of yang, but generally speaking, there's a better response if there's that gentleness. What's happening now? However it is now is fine. It's not like what's happening now and it's got to be a particular way. You know, I've got to be concentrated and peaceful. It doesn't matter what's happening now. The point is just to be with what's happening now. So that's a question that we can use throughout the day. Just what's happening now? And then uh, so as we encourage intention into relationship, because we're actually bringing mind, which is usually disassociated from our experience, it's dwelling in its own realms of thought patterns and memories and these longing, dejection, anxiety, etc. We're encouraging a relationship and and an integration of mind and body and the bridge is the capacity for attention. The bridge is attention and actually the breath as well is the bridge of integration. So what's happening now begins to be allow mind to have a relationship. Attention begins to root in the experience of what's happening now within the body. So we're emphasizing today within the body. It's not usually a very comfortable place for us to be. <laughs> well, it's not that it's not comfortable, but it's not something that, <clears throat> unless we've really trained, um, it's just <coughs> something we haven't really paid attention to. The body is something we sort of drag behind the mind that's busy going to the next thing. You know, we just drag it along like an old donkey until it starts to play up, and then we have to pay attention. <laughs> So we, you know, so it's it's not usually something we we go to naturally as a natural abiding. So it, it, this is why this idea of the path activity or the training is a training. So it's very simple. What's happening now? Bringing attention to into the body. To the extent that we can. And as we do that, we begin to feel, and this is the sutta, the Anapanasati sutta, Anapana meaning inhalation and exhalation, we begin to feel the rhythm of the body. There's this natural rhythmic experience of the breath within the body. The body's alive, it's, rece- it's, it's being breathed actually. We feel like we're taking breaths <laughs> like this, breathing in, breathing out, but actually the body is being breathed. There's this kind of like the ocean, you know, like the waves, just like the in-breath and the out-breath, the coming, the coming of the wave, and then the receding of the wave back into the ocean. And the breath is like, like the wave of the larger field of energy that connects us in, connects the body in. So it's in, in some ways it's the primary um, dynamic of the body is this aliveness of the breath energy. So it's in the training of attention, it's this gentleness, this patience, this very, very kindly, very, very careful what's happening now, coming into relationship. So the attitude, the way we approach is important. Not to approach the body, the heart, the mind with with um, aggression, with judgment, 
If, the, if those energies are there, we notice them with disappointment, with, with frustration, because it's not doing what we want it to do. All of that will come up, but we just notice that and just keep trying to hone the, the quality of attentiveness. The attentiveness is there, but this quality of the certain kind of persistence, but this real emphasis on the gentleness, particularly in this first day, allowing the body to go through its transitions into this space. It's a big transition for some of you, for all of us in many ways, but for some of us particularly that have come from a different hemisphere, a different um, elevation, this is quite high, different body going through different processes, being very kind to the body. (laughs) It's our vehicle. How is it now? So bringing attentiveness to this rhythmic experience of the breath. So this is where the the Buddha encourages us to, to, to remove attention from that which is worrying, upsetting, generates longing, anxiety, disappointment. Bringing attention gently but persistently into the rhythm of the breath within the body, feeling with the whole body here and now, and goes on. The sutta goes on in stages. The first one, beginning to feel, as we feel the breath, it talks about feeling and knowing, are we breathing in long or are we breathing in short? So we begin to actually not only feel the breath, but we start to become interested in how is the breath? There's different interpretations about this experience of breathing in long or breathing in short. One is literally that the breath can be fuller. We can deliberately, sometimes it's very helpful, we'll do this just now, I'll guide us a little bit, it can be very helpful to just take a fuller breath, to really feel the breath. So you breathe in long, you breathe the breath right down into the belly and even hold it for a few seconds. So you feel the breath energy through the body, suffusing the body and then breathing out. Extending the out breath and as you breathe out, just letting go into the out breath, softening through the body. So you're using the, you can use the breath in this way on and off throughout a meditation period or throughout the day to actually begin to help energize, suffuse the body with energy and to relax the body and heal the body actually, the body picks up a lot of stress. So the longer breaths can be like these deliberate, fuller breaths, feeling the chi of the breath energy, the prana of the breath energy filling through the body and then on the out breath starting to go. Sometimes the body will breathe in long and we, and we feel the fullness of the breath. Sometimes the breath gets very subtle, particularly if the mind becomes integrated within the body and there's a sort of gathering, what we call samadhi, more focusing, then the breath can become very subtle and and it feels, you could say it's short, feel like it's almost hardly happening. In a way that, you know, there's there's another energetic that starts to begin to happen in that process. So that's one way of looking at the breath, a fuller, longer breath, a literal, subtler, shorter breath. So we might just notice, or maybe in between, it's not exactly short, it's not exactly long, but we start to notice the quality of the breath. Another way that sometimes this um, understanding of what's 
call the short and the long breath is that we might, as we come bring train attention to the breath, we might follow the whole pathway of the breath. So this is called a long breath. We actually feel the breath. Coming into the nostrils, we track it down as it expands into the lungs, as it ripples down through the rib cage, we feel maybe the extension a little bit in the belly, and then we track the breath. So this is a particular training of the breath as we exhale. So that's, that's you know, one way of another way of looking at a, a long breath as a training. Or we might just find ourselves focusing on an aspect of what we could call the breath energy which is the sensational, sens- sensational, the sensation aspect of the body. The feeling of the breath energy, it might be in the nostril, it might be in the chest, it might be in the belly, it might be some vib- vibratory element that we experience within the body, where, where attention gets pulled to an energetic experience within the body, and then we just find our attention just settling there. We're staying there so that the, the, the sphere of the attention is, is shorter. It's not so encompassing of the whole body. It just sort of moves to a, a, a particular area. So really, it's, this is a shorthand. The short and the long breath is a shorthand way of saying that there's different ways of focusing attention, honing into a narrow area, broadening out. There's a different ways of feeling and being with the breath, there's different ways that the breath energy is experienced. And in and, and, and awareness we're just noticing that and we're in a way using that for our advantage for this development of the path factor of the training of attentiveness within the body. And just there are 16 aspects to this training of the Anapanasati Sutta. Don't worry, I'm not going to go through them all now. <laughs> but I'll just mention two more. So the first two is the awareness of the short breath, awareness of the long breath. The next two is training attention to be within the body, within the breath, while the it's a, a very interesting because sometimes in the this is in a way the beginning stages of the of the concentration focusing the samadhi of the mind, and sometimes there's a meditation can seem like we're just um, this you know sometimes it can feel like it can happen that people understand meditation as a sort of di- more of a disembodied state. But in fact, in this training, the Buddha very specifically says, breathing in, breathing out, experience the whole body. So, or the actual Pali translates as feeling with the whole body. So breathing in, breathing out, feeling. So today, just, just exploring feeling with the body to the extent that's possible. You know, we might find parts of the body that are numb or blocked or invisible to us. Or, but as, as much as possible, we're training our attentiveness, our attention to be within the body, to experience the body as fully as we can, to breathe within the body as fully as we can. 
And then the last, the fourth aspect that we look at this morning and begin to work with is not only using the breath as an anchor for attentiveness, using the breath as a way in to experience the whole body, but then the fourth aspect that the Buddha encourages in this teaching, these two teachings of the foundations of mindfulness and the Anapanasati Sutta, the foundation of working with the breath, is to to use the breath, breathing out in and breathing out, calming the bodily formation. The calm, calming, calming. So we might sometimes, we can even use the phrases to help, breathing in, breathing out, calming the body. Not only the physical body, the mental body, the heart body, all the different kinds of levels of the energetic bodies. It's not... This is a training that's not difficult to do. It's not complicated. It's actually very natural to us in a way. It's just a particular kind of extra focus that helps it come about. And, and a particular kind of effort. Not too much effort that becomes, creates stress and a sense of failure and frustration. So the effort has to have a lot of patience, gentleness, willingness to start again and again and again. But not too lacking in effort that we just drift. The body loves attention actually. Mind, the body loves this attentiveness, loves, you know, so if we don't apply enough attention we'll just go along those pathways, just drifting. So the Buddha likened the quality of attention, he said it's like you were playing an instrument, a lute. If, if the strings are too tight, they're, they're taut and you, you get this tightness and rigidity. If they're too loose, you can't get any music, Nothing's happened. nothing will happen. You might sit here for hours, like Ajahn Chah would say, like a chicken on its, in, on its eggs. <laughs> but it won't necessarily bring about the fruit of liberation or wisdom or insight. It's not just the act of sitting that will do it, it but it's the training of attention really is the key. So just finding today, so these, these, what I would encourage today as we gently transit into this retreat form is, is these, perhaps we could distill it to three aspects. The first being this encouragement through the question, how is it now? To encourage the mind gently, patiently, to just disengage from the pathways of anxiety for the future, which can be very heightened in the times we live in and the uncertainty of so many of our lives. We can always revisit that. It's not to say we'll never revisit that, but we're gaining strength, calming, stability, integration. So we can just say, well, I'll think about all that later, but just not quite now. How is it now? How, what am I with now? So encouraging, using this question, how is it now, to keep coming to the body. So that would be the first aspect of the training we'll be focusing on today. 
kindly, patient, whenever we remember, how is it now? The second aspect is we come into touch with how it is now. We just, generally speaking, we're just noticing breath within the body, that's all. We're just staying to the extent we can, wherever we can, within the body breath experience. We're just resting attention there, staying there. And then the third aspect we can explore today in terms of the training of um, mindfulness is the quality of effort. Can we just put a little bit more in to just aliven ourselves? Maybe a deeper breath occasionally, maybe opening the eyes, maybe an attitude that just says, come on, just a little bit more present. You can do it. (laughs) Just a little bit more commitment. I know it's so, it's so much the habit of just going zoom, off somewhere. But just challenging that edge a little bit. Or if we find ourselves really getting frustrated and willful and stressed and just relaxing, letting it go, giving, you know, stop meditating, <laughs> stop doing anything. <laughs> just let it all be, don't worry. <laughs> you know, so just exploring for ourselves just feeding into that lute string. When does it feel like there's just, it's just the right quality of attention that there's, there's an engagement, there's a flow, a fluidity, ease, presence. So just feeding it. So those, these three aspects, how is it now? Coming into relationship, feeling within the body and the breath, very simple. Adjusting the breath if we need to occasionally to deepen, to calm, to settle. And exploring the energy, effort, which is guided by attitude. A little bit more, a little bit more less. Relaxing or energizing, just exploring that balance. How is it now? Breath, body, feeling into the balance of awareness, attentiveness, mindfulness here and now, being open to our experience here and now. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.